1: Hey, this is James Whittaker, author of Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. And if you want to think and grow rich in your life, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell.
0: But first, Build Your Network is supported by CastBox, the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on iOS and Android. CastBox has over 50 million free episodes that more than 10 million users download and listen to wherever, whenever. And now for all Build Your Network listeners, once you've downloaded the CastBox app, click Go Premium and enter promo code 90DAYS to get three free months of premium features. Head on over to the App Store or Google Play Store to download CastBox now. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, James Whitaker. James is a co-author of best-selling personal finance motivation book, The Beginner's Guide to Wealth, and has interviewed more than one hundred of the world's most revered entrepreneurs, business icons, and athletes to unlock their secrets to success. Today, in addition to being the co-executive producer of the 2017 film Thinking Grow Rich: The Legacy, James is the founder of several companies in the health and fitness industry. His mission is to share the success habits of high performers to give younger generations the tools to take ownership of their financial, physical, and mental health. James, thanks so much for coming on the show today, brother. Really excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and take just a quick second, expound on that intro, and then tell us what you're most excited about right now.
1: Absolutely, Travis. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. For those who don't know, I first met Travis at the Think and Grow Rich film premiere in downtown Los Angeles a few months back, which was very exciting. Yeah, I spent a decade in financial planning and it was in that time I realized how important educating people about their personal finance is because those who know how to look after their money, they're the ones who invest in themselves and in their future and they protect their family and it was really important to me to start to roll out that education piece to get people not only educated, but excited about their personal finance and looking after their futures. And then in the last five years, I've been involved in a number of entrepreneurial ventures. CrossFit one of the world's largest CrossFit gyms back in Australia, got a clothing company, a social media brand, and yeah, most recently author and co-executive producer of Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. It's a film and a book released to the world very recently. We're so excited. That's the thing I'm most excited about right now, because we really have the opportunity to change hundreds of millions of lives, possibly even more in the coming years and the coming decades. So yeah, very excited to be involved in those projects.
0: Yeah, really cool. And the movie turned out fantastic, by the way. It was actually, <laughs> to be a little bit honest, it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be when I was first hearing about it. So I was just kind of like, oh, it's going to be another documentary. But it turned out to be really, really, really great. So you guys did a fantastic job on it, man.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's a bit of a tough one because the, I guess, how do you do it justice? A book that has sold more than 120 million copies is the yeah. number one best-selling self help book of all time. So I really felt like it was somewhat of a Herculean task to even write, uh, to write the book. So yeah, I can only, I was super nervous and excited at the premiere sitting there. And I can only imagine how director Scott Savine would have felt watching a sold out crowd of 800 people. But uh, yeah, the feedback has been really overwhelming and yeah, super excited.
0: Yeah. Really, really cool. So co-executive producer, can you talk us through what your responsibilities were on that project and how the whole experience was for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I came aboard the project when they actually it was already underway. They had started filming and the expertise that it offered, uh, I just wanted to make sure there was an alignment between what was written in the book and what was shown on the film. So the people who hadn't been interviewed for the film yet, I would interview for their part in the book. I would either meet with them in person or we would do a Skype call really get the details of their story. So then when they turned up for filming, we would have a very comprehensive, like I would send notes through to the other guys in the production team around what questions did I think would really hit on the things that we needed that would get a great outcome. And apart from that, just really helping all aspects of the entire production. We would run through numerous versions of the film once it was released and just so so many different things. It's it's very much like a startup company. You just try and help where you can because yeah, everyone just wants to see the project succeed. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So
0: how long start to finish did it take?
1: I think it ended up being about three and a half years start to finish to do that. So it was one of the projects that, yeah, the the vision was done and it was As more and more people came aboard the project, whether as producers or they started hearing about it or they came on board as cast members, things really started to take off and ramp up and everyone started to think like, oh my God, what can we turn this thing into? And then the crowdfund happened and that was the most successful crowdfund of its type in history over at Indiegogo. I raised about $400,000 for the project and that's when everyone thought, oh my God, well, this is going to be huge. Let's just take a deep breath and make sure we can do the best with all the opportunity That are actually coming our way. And that is why it took a little bit longer than people had anticipated. But it is also why the finished product is much better than what it might have been if it came out two years ago.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So now everything's out, totally released. How does somebody go get a copy of this documentary?
1: Yeah, people can go and check it out at TGRmovie.com. If they go to TGRmovie.com, they'll be able to. There's exclusive bonus content. There's unreleased footage with cast members. There's the the ebook, the audio book. There's a whole heap of amazing content. There's even opportunities in there for people to be involved in Think and Grow Rich Live, which is an event coming to Atlanta in March, the first of its kind ever, which will also be simulcast around the world and will be recorded live as a film. So, yeah, if you head over to TGRmovie.com, Dot com. you'll be able to get a really good overview of everything that's happening and get your hands on the film and the book. Got it. So
0: Tgrmovie.com, head over there, pick up a copy. It's definitely worth the watch, especially if you haven't read the book. If you haven't read the book, you should read the book. But if you're more of like a watcher and you like video rather than reading, then definitely pick up a copy of the movie. So, James, moving forward now and looking back on your experience with this whole film. I'm not gonna make you pick a favorite because I know that's like picking your favorite child, (laughs) but I will ask to take just one thing that you may have learned from one of the people that you were able to. The interview from this
1: superstar cast? There are so many. There really are. To try and narrow down one, it's very, very difficult. And a lot of people have asked me that. The one that I... I found probably the one that really shook me the most probably was the Janine Shepard story, which is actually the first story in the book as well. She was an Australian national ski champion. For those who don't know, she was destined for the winter Olympics and she was on a training bike ride in the blue mountains outside Sydney. And she was literally hit by a truck and her parents were told that she wouldn't live. And then she was told she did wake up and then she was told that she would never be able to walk. And she has gone out of the way to do the most extraordinary things I've ever heard. That story in particular really stood out for me. And Janine and I have become very close friends. I'm so grateful to to have her in my life. She's an amazing person. And that's a story I can't wait for everyone to see. But there's also other ones. That's The beauty about this project is there is really a story for everyone. There's Jim Stovall, a guy at the age of 17, was told that one day he would go totally and permanently blind. And he went on to write 30 best-selling books, be a film producer and then be the Emmy award-winning founder of the Narrative Television Network, a a television network for blind and visually impaired people around the world. There are so many stories and everything in here that will get people motivated about their own success and really give them a blueprint to achieve success in their lives as they define it, which is a very, very important point. People need to think about what success looks like for them. And we hope to give people the resources to achieve that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one big thing, I think that it it just helps take away people's excuses. Because when you look at some of those stories, it's oftentimes much worse than the situations that we find ourselves on a day-to-day basis. And these people just pushed through every single obstacle that could have possibly been in their way and still reached these insanely high levels of success. And it's just so many awesome stories in there. So go to TGRmovie.com and pick up a copy of that. So now, James, like moving forward, i all that behind you. You're working on a couple things right now. What are those?
1: I've got two books in the works, which have been, yeah, they're, uh, I've got some ideas. One will be a, an athlete-specific book to unlock the secrets of the best-performing athletes of all time to find out how people can use that in their own lives. And also writing another book about how young people today, uh, just to give them all the resources they need to find out exactly what they want in life and help take the steps to achieve that uh, also, writing a number of blog posts right now. I actually want to map out a whole year of content and talk about the lessons of history and what people can do to apply that for success each day. And a few other things. So it's life's busy right now, but it's also really great and exciting just to have this opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Busy and good, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> cool,
0: cool. All right. Well, let's go ahead and shift the conversation since this is the Build Your Network podcast where we talk about how to really grow these relationships in life that help push you to the next level. James, And I know you have a fantastic circle, so I'm excited to get into this conversation with you. The first question I always ask is this one. and I'm excited to hear your answer. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
1: Yeah, it's really important, that question. I think it is such a great question. And I've heard, obviously been a fan of your podcast for a long time too, and I've heard a lot of responses to it. And in this book project, to give you a bit of a long winded answer, the it's where people get so caught up with trying to gain information and education, which is very, very important. But society, we don't place much emphasis on how people apply it, because the market doesn't care how many PhDs you've got or how educated you are. It only cares about how you can apply what you know. So the quickest way to be able to apply what you know is to surround yourself with the people who can shorten that path from where you are today to where you want to be in the future. And who you know, I think is the most important. They have the mastermind principle in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And that has been everything for me in my entire life. Who you know, is so important. Get to know, become really close friends with people as much as you can. That to me, it's far more important than what you know, because it greatly accelerates not only what you know, but how you can apply it in your own life.
0: Yes, I love that word accelerates, because I get a lot of different answers, as you know, James, to that question. And some people say what, some people say who, some people say a combination of the two. Some people say it's not who you know, it's who knows you. There's always different variations. But in the end, I think that you're exactly right with that one insight is that the who you know will accelerate your. Ability to hit the next level. If you focus a lot on the what, don't get me wrong, like that's a really good use of your time to increase your knowledge and your skill set. And it will make you more competent and allow you to capitalize on opportunities that are brought to you by the people in your life. But if you really double down on the who, I think that it's going to just exponentially raise your ability to do the what, to have that skill set and to be really good at it and then to apply the what. So I very, very much agree with you on that, James. So tell us about a A time in your life, a specific story that you can look back on where somebody that you met once introduced you to this person, to that person, to this person, to that person that led to this really good opportunity for you to capitalize on.
1: Yeah, it's a, I've had so many of those moments, but one that as I'm sure I guess most people in the world have had, but there was one that really stands out for me when I was in my early 20s, I think I was about 23 or 24 years old, and I'd actually gone through a number of really debilitating anxiety issues for about 7 or 8 years prior to that, and I had the opportunity to meet a guy by the name of Sergio Carlo Maresca, who was a well-known speaker, consultant and bestselling author in Australia and Italy, he travels around the world doing all his speaking and we caught up over coffee and he really he just asked me what I wanted to do and I felt a little caught off guard so I said that I wanted to be a public speaker which is something that I had always wanted to do and he said okay I'll put your name forward for an event that's coming up in about 9 months and I didn't really expect to hear much from it I didn't even know if he would remember that and then a few months later I got an email from the event organizers confirming that I would speak and that I would be speaking alongside Stephen Bradbury, the gold medal winter Olympics champion, and a number of other really successful people. And of course you then have all the inferiority thoughts. Am I good (laughs) enough to be out there on the stage? And it was to (laughs) 700 people. And afterwards, it was the best feeling I had ever had in my life at that point. And it Mm -hmm. never would have happened without him showing me what was possible. And really it was very much pushing me up there in just so many ways. It really got me out of my comfort zone to understand what was possible. And also through Sergio, I'm not even sure how old he would have been at that age, but fairly advanced in his career. He would have been late 50s or in his early 60s. And another thing that really stood out for me that he was a voracious reader. He would read a book. He would go through probably two or three books a week. And it's what really opened my eyes to the importance of increasingly become a person of value. You see so many people reach a point in their lives or in their careers where they decide to stop for whatever reason. They feel like they've made it or they've earned it or they. They don't need to put in the work anymore. They can just spend the rest of their lives on autopilot. And through my meetings with Sergio, it really got me excited about increasingly becoming a person of value and just developing a lifelong passion for learning, which I still have to this day. I think it's so important and just enables you to be prepared when the right opportunities present themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, with getting to know people and relationships being so important and so key, why do you think that just so many people out there neglect this
1: really important area of life? I think because it's easier not to, that's it. I think to me, there's really a five step process on this. And the first, which is, it goes back to why people don't have a bigger circle of influence and it's why they're not as successful as perhaps they want to be. The first one is getting clear on what you want. The second one is coming up with a detailed plan. Like there are so many things that are part of this. It's surrounding yourselves with winners. It's embracing the struggle. There are all these things. And this is what I talk about in my presentations now. It's if you can do all these things, but the very first one, is getting clear on what you want. Napoleon Hill says the starting point of all achievement is desire. If you do not know what you want, then of course you're going to default to sitting on the couch and having Netflix binges. And it's very, very rare in life that there'll be a knock at the door on your 10th hour of a Netflix binge where someone's going to hand you a check for a million dollars. So I think getting out of your comfort zone is a really important point and, and having a detailed plan to achieve it and surrounding yourself with people who can make it happen and embracing the struggle because adversity is really guaranteed if you want to go after your dreams long term.
0: Yeah. Do you have any practical tips for people that really struggle with getting outside of their comfort zone? I know for some people, it just seems to be a little bit easier to get out of your comfort zone and go do things that are uncomfortable for you. But a lot of people, they're really, really reserved and stuff like that. Do you have any real practical tips for somebody like that? just like, I would love to get out of my comfort zone, but I get so scared.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are just told to go and jump in the deep end, which can be very difficult. If you get someone who's a super introvert, they don't really have any networking experience at all. They don't really have a great network and aren't really great in conversations. And they're told by a lot of networking experts just to, yeah, just to go to these conferences and just make it happen. But it's not really a very good detailed plan. I think really the most, yeah, I think the most underrated aspect is actually turning yourself into a person of value, like read as many books as you can on networking. And I would start with How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. It was written in 1938, one of the best-selling self-help books of all time. And you will find out very, very quickly what people are most interested in and it's themselves. So, And then once you are able to figure out a bit of a game plan of how you can network and then you need to find out what you want and then you can find out who might be attending this network and get to know a lot about those people. So when you turn up, you don't go, oh my God, what am I going to say? You've already got a few questions and those questions are unique. The person hopefully or likely wouldn't have heard them before. So then you become memorable and it's just a much easier way to create natural rapport. But I think a really systematic way about getting good at networking is the most important thing for people starting out because once you do that, then you can get out of your comfort zone and start attending these events. But because of your systematic approach at the start, it means that you will get much better results by naturally networking than you would have at the start if you were spontaneous and trying to do it yourself without really any background.
0: Yeah, I love that. Love that, man. Because I, sometimes I think the idea behind the whole like just do it thing is sometimes really needed. And sometimes you just need that kick in the butt, so to speak, to like get you out there and just go do something that you don't feel like doing. But I also think that sometimes that just falls on deaf ears because people are just sick of hearing like, well, just go do it. Just go do it. Just go do it. And a lot of times it's preached to them by people with these A-type personalities that make it easy for them just to go out and do things. Even if they may not feel like it, it's easier for them to overcome that feeling of not wanting to do
1: it, right? Yeah, it's so true. Like to go and tell someone to go and read the first chapter of how to win friends and influence people is a hell of a lot easier than saying, all right, go and spend $500 on a conference ticket, drive an hour to get there, you buy yourself, you don't know anyone, go and approach these people. And then because all you want to do is you will judge success by how many business cards you handed out when it doesn't matter (laughs) how many business cards you handed out. You might only have two or three really great connections if you're a great networker, but Mm -hmm. anyone who's good at networking knows that that's a great result. If you can come away from a conference with two or three really strong relationships and you've opened up yourself to their entire Rolodex down the track, real,
0: genuine relationships, not these like surface level, little hand out my card, give me your card. And then we all throw away all our cards at the end of the conference type relationships. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Tim, Tim Ferriss says, go
1: narrow, but play the long game. And I, I love that. It's so important. Go narrow with just a small number of people, but play the long game, develop really sustainable relationships. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Go narrow and play the long game.
0: So throughout your career, James, and I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Throughout your career, how important have mentorships and masterminds and stuff like that been for you?
1: Yeah. The big one for me was mastermind groups. And Actually, the very first mastermind group that I had that was very dedicated and and committed, like a very purpose-driven, dedicated mastermind group was in my early 20s with three friends, where every couple of weeks we would just meet at a boardroom at one of the offices that we were working at. We came from different backgrounds and we would really go through, like two people would present on, on interesting companies and another two people would go through financial statements. And then that way we would learn about companies, we would learn about different industries and we would Also identify investment opportunities. And then after that, we realized there were a number of skills that were really important. And one of them is public speaking. If you're a great public speaker, it opens up so many doors for you. So we would do things like write topics on a piece of paper, scrunch them up and put them in a hat. And then the other person would have to grab a topic out and then speak on whatever it was for one minute in front of the group with no warning or preparation. And that might be speak for one minute on a ping pong ball. And I tell you what, Mm -hmm. when you're talking for one minute on a ping pong ball, after a few months, you're going to get pretty good at being able to speak off the cuff and at presenting and feeling the fear, but doing it anyway. And then yeah. in the last few years, when I moved to LA about four or five years ago, there's a group over here where we come from very different backgrounds, but once a month we catch up, we go through our goals list for the year, which is extremely comprehensive. It's professional, personal, financial, all these goals that we have. And we just help each, we leave our egos at the door and all we want to do is help other people in the group. So the master, and that has completely changed my life again. And you become so close to these people who you share your dreams with. It's amazing to hold each other accountable like that and follow your passions and follow your dreams. So the mastermind principle for me has truly changed my life.
0: Hmm. There's so much good stuff in there. I highly recommend if you have not joined a mastermind, you know this if you listen to my show, but you should definitely join something this year, whether it's just something that you put together with a couple of your peers, like James is talking about, where it's totally free, doesn't cost you anything, but it makes you better and it sharpens you. It keeps you accountable because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, and I know a lot of people listen to this are entrepreneurs, a lot of times it gets lonely and you just need that community of people that actually believe in what you're pushing forward instead of being around a bunch of people who are always trying to hold you back and make you do things that don't align with your goals and your dreams. So,
1: it's so true. And I think another important part on that is to round yourself with people who are not clones of yourself. You need to get people from a diverse background because yes. they're going to be the ones who can connect the dots because a big part in my success to this point is opening my eyes to what is possible. Like I right. never thought in a million years it would be possible for me to be a co-executive producer of this multi-million dollar film or write this amazing book that's going to have international distribution and be involved in all these different things that I have had the opportunity to to do. So all that is by just surrounding myself with the people who encourage you to think outside the box and just give you the courage to help you find out what you want and give you the tools to go after it. Right,
0: right. And outside of your own context too. And I think that's such an important thing is that everybody grows up in their own, like everybody has their own perspective, their own context of how the world works, their own worldview. And so when you get around a bunch of other people that come from different backgrounds and then you all get together and talk about things, it opens up your mind to new perspectives, new contexts, new worldviews that allow you to then shape the content that you're putting out there and the relationships that you're forming. And there's just so much good stuff about it. So can't say enough about it. And I'm sure we could talk about this for a lot longer, James, but we're getting down to the end here. So let's go ahead and move on to something i like to call the random round. Just a few really quick, random questions with some quick, random answers. You ready?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. This is the random round.
0: What profession other than your own, do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: Oh, it's a good question. I don't think I've ever mentioned this publicly, but I always thought it would be amazing to be a uh, music producer like a Dr. Dre or Mm. or there's an Australian artist right now who's absolutely killing it by the name of Flume. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's a bit like writing in that you have a blank canvas or a, a blank screen, a blank page, whatever it is, and you've got to do everything you can to try and create your masterpiece and hope that it strikes a chord with people. It's a very exciting, frustrating route, but something that I think would be pretty cool. If you could sit on a
0: park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why?
1: I really love the disruptors in the game. So I would say Elon Musk. I even wrote in Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, that to me, he is the best modern day example of the entire achievement philosophy from Napoleon Hill. So I would say Elon Musk or even Napoleon Hill himself, that would be amazing just to try and introduce today's world to him and get his insights. How do you like to
0: consume content, books, blogs, podcasts, or videos?
1: I do everything. And I think it's, I wrote in my first book, how important it is to find effective learning, something that really works for you. But, and I know that there are people who are not natural readers, but to me, if you are not a natural reader, you still need to find a way that you love reading because I, There were probably 15 people I interviewed for Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, who said just looking at the book cover made them feel better and made them more excited. So just having those books lying around, I think, is extremely Mm -hmm. underrated. I consume all that content. I read until I get sick of it and then listen to podcasts. And then if I get sick of that, I'll put on videos. I just love absorbing content. And I think uh, today's world, it just makes it so easy for everyone to do that. So there are no excuses for not expanding your mind.
0: So besides Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People, what would be another book that you would recommend?
1: The book that I've gifted the most would probably be the five-minute journal. I can't actually remember the author, but that enables you at the start of each day just to write down for two and a half minutes about who you are, who you want to be, and what would make today great, what would make today a success for you. And then for two and a half minutes before you go to sleep, you reflect on the day. That's just a really great way to start living with intent and with purpose. And apart from that, another book that I've given away a lot would be Defiant by Janine Shepard. If you know anyone who's going through any type of physical trauma or a very big change in their lives or some health issues. This is a particularly important book because it will go through the the full spectrum of emotion and just give them the tools at the end that they realize that at any moment they can draw a line in the sand and live a life that they want. So yeah, Janine Shepard's book, Defiant, would be highly recommended.
0: Give us a glimpse of your morning routine.
1: I'll put my hand up and say... I'm not the best morning person, but my fiance <laughs> is actually an amazing morning person. I'm a bit more of a of a night owl, but yeah, I'll wake up and yeah, do my couple of minutes on the five minute journal and then just throw some music on in the background to, just to get me firing. Then I'll have a quick shower just to wake me up. And then I typically go for a very quick snack for breakfast. It's just not going to weigh me down. something healthy and hydrating. So I'll typically slice up maybe half a cucumber. I know that sounds really, really weird. So I'll have that half a cucumber and then go and grab a coffee because Australians are obsessed with good coffee. It's a really weird part of our culture. And <laughs> there, then, there is um, some good
0: coffee over there though. There's oh, it's amazing coffee. coffee.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I've done that, it means that I'm pretty light on my feet and I'm very, very energized. And then I'll have a four hour work block with Music playing in the background. Where well, I will just work at as fast as as possible at this very frenetic pace, just to do a whole lot. And I do that seven days a week. If I don't get that morning productivity session in, yeah, I'm a I can be a bit of a grumpy person to be around because I just feel like I've I've wasted the day. But that's what works for me. What is your go to pump up song? I got a go to pump up playlist. Really, I call it training. It's on uh, on Spotify. I think Spotify right. is a a great company, but there's all sorts of amazing well, things. Hey, I'm not if sure you're down, if you're to down. Publicly. Can,
0: I was gonna say that. Yeah, if you're down, we can we, link to that Spotify playlist <laughs> in the show notes. But
1: uh, mate, there's everything in there from Rage Against the Machine, Eminem, Fifty Cent. Like there might sounds be a, like a bomb playlist. <laughs> oh, it'll be great. I'll send you a link, and you can show it to the audience, and they Let's can critique it. it for me. Maybe give <laughs> me some suggestions. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Perfect. What are you not very good at, James?
1: Probably mornings, but I think a lot of that is just getting in the right routine, just recognizing that. That really was a thing for me that looking back, if I wasted any hours in the day, I'm, I'm very, very big on, on winning the day. That to me is the whole philosophy of success. If you can win the day, that's how you win your life. And I've spent a lot of my time over the last two years just trying to get really great at having a really fantastic morning routine, something that works for me. So, yeah, my weakness would be probably first thing in the morning. Sometimes it can take me. A, a bit of time to get out of bed. But once my feet hit the ground, it's on until about midnight. All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, James, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? Yeah, the best bet's probably my website, jameswitt.com, J-A-M-E-S-W-H-I-T-T.com, as well as the other social platforms, but they're all linked from my website. So yeah, we'd love to connect with anyone out there who's listening. So don't be afraid to reach out and let me know if I can help in any way. Perfect. So head on over to James Witt.
0: That's Witt, dot com to find more about James. Go follow him on social, reach out, say what's up and tell him you heard about him here on Build Your Network. James, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Really, really had a fun time talking with you.
1: Anytime. Trav, thanks for having me.